All right. Welcome, welcome. Real Talk, Real Solutions. It is a winning Wednesday. You know that. Irregardless of what happens, we are always winning. All right. So, you know, it's a winning Wednesday and it is time for what? Real Talk. <laughs> and, you know, Real Talk. Here we go. I am uh, Dr. Anana Pfeiffer Daryl Holm. I am the Women and Youth Civility Practitioner. This is just a time, a show of real talk. I love to say I uh, have a, a real um, dialogue, if you will, right? Um, and, and on this show, the, the, there's four things, and I like to call them our four C's, uh, that we, we, we try to focus and highlight the four C's, which is number one is civility, community, creativity, and climate change. And as you all know, if you follow me, you might be listening in for the first time. It is the month of June and we are focusing on fatherhood. Yes, we are getting, giving the fathers an opportunity to talk, to share. And I am super excited because I have an amazing gentleman uh, with me. If you saw my, my post and I gave you just a little bit about him, I'm going to share. Uh, I'm going to give you the the, the what's on black and white and what's on paper and you know all that's been written about him and then I'm gonna tell you what I think about him okay because this is real talk <laughs> so so, listen. so he is a retired marine I think it's hoorah you know right <laughs> Retired decorated Marine, which uh, that that and I believe it's a Purple Heart. He received a Purple Heart for his service and wounds sustained in combat. Uh, Dr. Obam, he hails from very humble beginnings. And this is so true because a lot of people see you now, but they have no idea where you came from and what it took to get to where you are. But he is a master career strategist. And he is, when I say the best of the best, when it comes to entrepreneurship and doing it in excellence, that is who he is. He has a passion for studying human behavior, personal development, psychology, physiology, and creating strategies that work. <laughs> it's one thing to have a strategy, but can this strategy really take me to have the success and achieve the success that I want in life? Um, and that is what he does. And he, he really helps people break through psychological barriers that hold them back. His expertise has helped Fortune 500 companies as well as countless individuals. And, and this is the thing, he's an author, he's a speaker, he's a trainer, and he's really passionate about helping people, right? But more importantly, we're focusing on fatherhood today. He is a father, he is a husband, right? And, and he's got a story to tell even in regards to fatherhood, being a father. And I am super excited. I had the opportunity of meeting this, this lovely gentleman. Uh, we had to go all the way across the world to South America to meet each other. But God is so, so awesome in that regard that he just designs our footsteps. He orders our steps and he ordered to where we can actually meet. And when I met him, of course, we were, we were speaking, we were training, we were being fantastic, but he was being a father. He was being a husband, even in the midst of that. So I'm just, he was certainly one of the people that I wanted to share his story about fatherhood tonight. And I'm super excited. Dr. Obam Boehm, are you here tonight? Let's get you on this screen. Let's talk about it. Hold on. Let's see. There he is. There he is. <laughs> You know, I was I was like so excited listening to this gentleman. I said, I want to meet him. 
Come he on. sounds pretty good to go. I want to meet that guy. But you know what, Anana? I, I'd be remiss if I didn't even say a few kind words about you. Other than there's only one thing I need to say about you. You are one word. Amazing. Right? Because everything else I say will all add up to amazing. And that's what you are. So thank you for having me on. I'm excited. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much. Indeed, indeed. So we're going to get right into it because you know Let's all that it. you do. I know that time is is very, very valuable and we need to get right into it because listen, it's time to have some real talk, but more importantly, we want to provide value. We want to add value, right? So those that are listening um, to us today, tonight, they might be looking, listening on the podcast, YouTube, you know where we're going to be, right? Absolutely. But listen, so, so we are talking, right? And I, I gave a little bit about your bio. I mean, you know, being a speaker, author, a coach you doing it right all over the world correct right. um so so you know i, I want to talk about fatherhood if we can first and then okay. we're definitely going to get into that because we're focusing on that now my, my first question is when you when we talk about fatherhood and even you growing up you talk about humble beginnings um tell me first even your relationship you know as or people that you had that was a father to you a father figure let's start at the beginning right if if we can if, if can we start there can, can uh, you tell us a little bit you know, we can say it, yeah we can go back and i feel like i like get into my narrative voice in the beginning god created me <laughs> <laughs> no, so you know but in in the beginning and before i even answer let me preface with this because you mentioned something that's very powerful to me that's very important as to why i do all i do as to why i own all these businesses and all this other stuff so the only reason to do business is number one so you can eventually sell that business for a profit and number two so that you can actually buy time mm. to spend with those you love yes specifically you know your immediate family your kids your wife your husband's right those right. things and the only thing given to every human being on planet earth equally is time yeah and most people spend it most people flaunt it most people waste it but very few invest it and even fewer invest it with their kids mm. so for me that's the only reason i do everything so that i can buy more time to spend you know and invest that with my children because while I was in the military, I lost a lot of that time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going back to the beginning, you know, my father, he lost his dad when he was three years old. Okay. So my dad grew up with a mom uh, who never remarried. Mm -hmm. So he grew up with a mom and three sisters. So he was the baby brother. Mm -hmm. But he never went to school, never had an education. Mm -hmm. So he had three sisters and a mother to take care of. From the time he was six years old, he started working in the coal mine in Guyana. Wow. So at six, mm -hmm. at six years old. Mm -hmm. So my dad never had an education. All he knew how to do from age six was work. Mm -hmm. To be a father, in a sense, to his mm -hmm. three sisters and basically a husband to his mother, yeah. right? Because there was nothing. He was the one pr providing, producing. Mm -hmm. You have to imagine this is back in like the 40s. Wow. Right? So we're not going to go there. Mm -hmm. But fast forward when I was a child and uh, by the time I was born, mm -hmm. my father and mom, 
I was number 13 in the lineup. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I was number 13. You know, I joke with a lot of my siblings now. We say, you know, mom and dad was trying to create the perfect child. And after 12 attempts, well, look who showed up, right? So <laughs> they, they got it right. So, you know, with that, my parents was always in, in pursuit of a better life for us. Right. So growing up in, in Guyana, third world country, you were there. You, you've seen how the country is. So imagine that now 40 years ago when it was worse than it is now mm. as a third world country. And when I say humble beginnings, we, you know, there were times we ate out of trash cans. There were times when mm. th there was nothing. But my father, without an education and 13 kids, he knew how to work. You know, mm -hmm. how to take care of kids. You know, he gives all of us three rules hmm. when we left to come to the United States. And he says, rule number one, it was a rule he was keeping. None of my children, meaning his, my brothers and, and my only sister. So I didn't tell you, it's 13 kids, 12 boys, one girl. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. So it was a football team with one cheerleader. That's how we showed up. <laughs> so, she probably was on there playing too. <laughs> always, right? So he says, none of my children will ever go to jail. Mm. Okay. Number two, we all were planning to come to the United States to immigrate here. Mm -hmm. So my mom left. Basically, my mother left while I was still pretty much breastfeeding as a child. Mm. So the sacrifices they made between being parents, the example I had of being a good father was because I had a father figure all around all the time. Okay. Even though he worked hard whenever he had that time. It was to take care of us, right? So yeah. Sundays was like the day. Dad's home, but for half the day. Mm -hmm. And we spent time with him. He made sure when we're on Sunday, we all got up early. We went to church. Mm -hmm. We come home. We all cleaned up and mm -hmm. we cooked and we ate. And then it was time with him to, you know, sit down and talk or play board games or do something. He was being a father. Right. So the example I had was to always reserve what I had financially to create pockets of time to spend with my children mm. that was the example i had that's not what my dad told me to do right right because the second thing or the second rule he had he said was to the whole goal the family was very goal oriented which is why i, I realized later in year in, in in my life why i became so very successful mm -hmm. because i learned how to plan long-term goals okay and the long-term goal was the entire family would be in the United States. And if you're familiar with any any family immigrating to the United States, it takes a while to get citizenship. And we came over in our family, we called it the Noah's Movement because we came over two by two. Right? Okay, okay. So, you know, two by two ever, ever so often. That took 11 years for that to happen. Wow. So his second rule was own land in the United States. Okay, okay. Because he says, you own land, that was his belief, own land in the United States. Well, you have something there that can keep you there that you don't necessarily have to come back to Guyana. Okay. Right? It was always long-term goal. Mm -hmm. So that was rule number two. Mm -hmm. Rule number three, he said, get an education. Okay. Because he never had one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my dad's three pillars of being a good provider was... You shouldn't be in jail. Your kids shouldn't be in jail. You should own some land and get an education. He's like, he didn't really care whether we were a lawyer, doctor, whatever. But obviously, default, he wanted us to be lawyers and doctors. Eventually, sure. I had a um, full-ride scholarship out of high school. Mm 
to go to Yale for law. And I, I, I know, so good. Uh, <laughs> Princeton. Wow. Yale and Princeton, they're both going to swallow me up. So I went to orientation and, you know, developing, I developed a little late. So okay. I was short and wide. Okay. You know, as, as the kids would say, I was fat. Uh -huh. So I went to college orientation and didn't like how I looked. Someone mm -hmm. asked me because I was very intelligent. Mm -hmm. I actually graduated high school at age 15. Mm -hmm. So when I went to college and all the other college kids are 18, 19 years old, they were asking me, are you here with like your brother, sister, someone? On the campus of, you know, Yale, no less. So I said, no. And then I just decided, hmm, six months, too much time on my hand. At age 17, I joined the Marine Corps. And I wanted to be able to provide for myself. Guess what the first thing I did was three months after joining the Marine Corps. What? I bought some land in Colorado, five acres. That's uh, it. Buy some land. I right. bought some land. Okay. So that was the first thing I did. Now I said, step number two, time to get educated. Okay. <laughs> so throughout my 20 years in the military, that's what I did on, off and on. I went to school. Okay. So I have um, a few bachelors, mm -hmm. just a few masters. Right, right. Just a few. few. And a few PhDs, just a couple of them. <laughs> so I just, man, I just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, and you know most of my story. So through that, my first um, time around in the military, I got married to my first wife. Okay. And we had two beautiful girls. Wow. And I love my time with my girls. I've been blessed. That's all I've ever wanted was girls. Because remember, I grew up with nothing but boys. Yeah. So I prayed for girls. God blessed me with two girls who are now older girls who are now 18 and 20. Okay. Okay. And you got a chance to meet the miracle who is now mm. two years old. Right. So with my time in the military, off and on for the first uh, 10, eight years of their lives. Yeah. I was either deployed somewhere. So I mainly saw them six months out of the year. Right. Six months out of the year being a dad. So whenever I'm, I was back, I spent a lot of that time with my kids and I would always get involved in some other opportunity. Mm -hmm. To be able to create more income so that when I'm able to take leave in the military, you earn up to, you know, 30 days a year free. Mm -hmm. Not free, but you earn two and a half days a month. You add that up, it's about 30 days, right? So my goal was to always to be able to take 30 days to go and spend that time with my family. Wow. Okay. Well, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't, so tell me, that, how do you, how many years were you? So the first eight years of their life, you were... Deployed. Is that yeah, right? Well, I was deployed all their lives, but the first eight years of their lives, because they were born by the time I was in for 12, at 12 years. Wow. So at 20, when I retired, you know, they were eight, uh, they were eight and six years old okay. at that time. But th those first eight years, especially when I was deployed at that so time. How do you father? How do you father long distance? Like, what does that even look like? I know, you know, but oh. we may even have people have to do it or even young men that may and women considering it. How do you father while being across the world? I'm sure. Like, how, what does well, that look like? Say, uh, so many fathers in the military, which couldn't do it, mm -hmm. fathering, well, not that they could, they ha didn't have a choice. Right. Me, on the other hand, I'm a different character. 
Mm. I'm a different, uh, if you say, I'm a different animal. Yeah. So we would deploy, and it, well, I could say it now, I'm retired, it doesn't matter. And I would find a way, and I would basically get a flight and put my family up in a hotel or someplace nearby a long time, no matter how long we were there. So most of the time, the, the command, because in the military, you deploy, you can't have your family with you. Right, right. However, I would fly my family there, and they would stay in long term, whether it was temporary, like housing or the mm -hmm. military had the, what we would call the equivalent to hotels, but it's inexpensive. Mm -hmm. So roughly about 20 to $37 a day. Okay. So almost, you know, at a minimum, it's an almost five grand a month to keep them there. That's stay, food, and all this other stuff just to be with my kids. It was a sacrifice. Now, sometimes 5000 a month, that was more than I earned in the military. Wow. Which is why I was always into being an entrepreneur. Right. I always had a side business, a side hustle, something to provide income to give me what I want, which was right. time with my family. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the only thing we're given equally and some people squander it. I wanted to spend it. The only time I, I was deployed and never had a chance to take my family with me was, of course, when I was deployed to Iraq. That's a whole different story. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right? So undercover, <laughs> I would fly my wife and kids out to Japan or um, anywhere else we were deployed. Hawaii didn't really matter. I was stationed there, so they were there. Right. But whenever we went anywhere else, I would find a way to fly them out or ship them up. Just I would find a way. Gotcha. This one, I miss my kids, and I know that whenever we deploy again, I'm gone again. And whenever I'm home, I barely got. And even when we were home, I was on in the infantry side of of the Marine Corps, so you're home for the, the six months. But every month you would go to what we would call the field. So you would be deployed for a week or two in the field. So for the six months, you're back. Three months of it, you're still deployed, but locally. Oh, right? Wow. Okay. Because if you're in the infantry, you're sharpening your skills to yeah. make sure that when you go face the enemy, well, there's no enemy. Ready. Yeah, right? yeah. That's just the world I lived in. But, you know, my biggest enemy was not spending time with my kids. So fathering them at, in my younger years... I wanted to discipline them, make sure that they follow a regiment like the military. And uh -huh. Uh -huh. So then, you know, later on, I, I learned that stop yelling and, and spanking and whatever, even though I believe in spanking, right? So good. <laughs> Some folks might try to kill me, but that's okay. Uh -huh. My dad spanked the living daylights out of me and look at me today. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. There's there's difference between spanking and abuse, which a lot of people get mixed, mixed up. Mm -hmm. But now that things have changed, I've matured. My other daughters are older, and the baby, she gets away with all else. Mm. So her older sister's always like, Dad, she doesn't know anything about a struggle. And we're like, she never will. Mm. <laughs> she will. Uh, but, you know, when I was younger, I did what young men do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which is make a lot of selfish mistakes. Okay. And as I got older and wiser... Uh, I kind of sometimes our behaviors lifting in lifting up the anchor and some people are so used to being remembered for who they were. They forget to become who they're destined to be. Mm. And for okay. me, as a father, it was always to be that figure that a child wants to model. You know, so as a psychologist, one of the things I realized very early on uh, after my second daughter was about five years old, I, I thought the first thing with my oldest daughter when she was about eight was she just had an 
attitude problem. But what I realized was this. Children actually stop listening to their parents at age four. Mm, okay. And they model their parents' behavior. Mm, okay. So all the things that was incongruent with my kids was because it was incongruent with me. Actions. Okay. I wasn't setting that good example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? In a sense, I was being hypocritical. Mm-hmm. So my kids became one of my greatest teachers. Mm-hmm. They became one of my greatest parents. Because I paid attention. Yeah. And, you know, I because I had girls, you know, they have a larger vocabulary than most men. <laughs> Love it. So they helped me by being able to listen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I was very hard headed when I was younger. But the love of a child will change you. Yeah. But even more so, what I've learned is the love of a daughter will reform a father. Wow. So I, I went into parent prison when the kids were about 10 and 12. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, especially around that time, too, was the divorce, the separation of stuff. Because now it was two different households between their, their mom and myself. Different roles. Yeah. Yeah. So mom was living one way. We were living one way. And then I also realized then it's now time for me to set the example twice Mm -hmm. as effective than I used to before, because someone has to set an example for them to see, Mm -hmm. understanding they will no longer do what I tell them to do, but they'll only do what they see as an example. So, you know, for me, it was really being that father that stayed with one woman mm-hmm. wow. and respected one woman mm-hmm. because they weren't getting the same thing on the side with mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was out earning my problems mm-hmm. instead of complaining about them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I didn't have you know, custody of them at a specific time because I knew my wife then had, you know, primary custody, my ex. And it was a sad state of affair because after the divorce, Mm -hmm. when I came back from Iraq, I was depressed, Mm -hmm. suicide ideation, the PTSD. Mm -hmm. And then we had that um, divorce. I went into a deep depression. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up homeless, living in my Mm -hmm. car. So when we went to court, obviously that was an issue in court. She told the judge and the judge said I was not financially responsible. Right, right. So I lost primary custody. Mm. You know what that does for a man's ego? Tell me, tell me, tell and me. I felt like there's a word. It starts with S, ends with a T. I felt like that for a long time. Yeah. And the truth was, I said, you know, the best revenge now is massive success. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I did was I got my mind right. Mm-hmm. And then I got my actions right. <laughs> In other words, my dad would say, you got your crap together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so after getting you know, my crap together, I right around that time I was getting my stuff together. I met my wife now. Wait, wait, wait. You just, how you just going to go through it like that? Wait. <laughs> Come on now. I know we, we got we got we got about you know we got a little bit of time here. Wait a minute, wait. Okay, you said you got your mind right. Yeah. What what does that mean? So right now you talk to a brother is watching 
right? We get this is solutions, right? Tell me, you know what? Maybe going through custody issues may even be home. Like you know, it's tough times right now, bro. You know what I mean? Like you know, yeah. this is this is real talk, right? So what what type of advice would you give even right now? That somebody, if you're talking to a man, a father who's really not financially fit, may have lost his children or what have you, but you know, put them in your in your shoes and you can relate. What what does it? What do you mean if you can give one or two things to get your mind right and then to get to the point to you have to take action that is right, you know, in the right direction. What what does that mean? What would you suggest that they do? Well, first of all, um, let, let, since you say we're real talk, let me rewind. Come on, come on now. <laughs> um, let, let me go into where I was mentally. Because mm -hmm. so, mentally for a while, regardless of who fault it was, mm -hmm. right? everybody goes through their cycle where they go through uh, blame, right? Yes. So it's the blame. Uh, listen, uh, because of what happened, uh, when I came back, I'll put it this way. I came back from Iraq and, and my first wife was pregnant with someone else's kid. So that just drove me insane. Yeah. Um, so that's how that whole thing started. So that would drive a lot of folks cray cray. <laughs> yeah. So I felt betrayed. Yeah. I mm -hmm. felt disgusted. Yeah. I was already broken. Yeah. I, to be honest, I, I hated women. Mm. Um, mm. They were all, well, you know, mm -hmm. those words that we shall not use for PG-13. Right. They, they were all of that. Yes. And I didn't want to have nothing to do with them. Yeah. Nada. Yeah. Obviously, at the time, though, I, I was 29 then. So mm. we've been, we been married for a while. So mm -hmm. we got married at um, 19. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, we got married at 19. So yeah. that tells you. So we, the divorce officially happened. It was 14 years. We were married all together. Mm -hmm. But after the divorce now, 18 months, where my mind was, it was a lot of blame. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of whatever. Can't yeah. stand it. It's her fault. This, yeah. that, whatever. Yeah. It's amazing what happens when you start to change your mind. Mm -hmm. So what, what changed for me was this. Since this is real talk, yeah, I'm just going to give you, as you would say, I'll give you the real real. Yeah. <laughs> so the real real was this. I was too young and too horny to stay that way for the rest of my life. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So I started to rethink like maybe all women ain't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about this now. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's been 18 yeah, months. <laughs> It's been 18 months and brother ain't got none going on. So the well was dry. So since, since this is real talk, I'm going to tell you the real talk. Come on, Dr. O, come on. So you've been horny that long. I started looking out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what happens is desire. Mm -hmm. And it's the same as in business. If you desire to be wealthy, mm -hmm. your brain, at the base of your brain, has this little thing called the RAS, your reticulator activating system. Mm -hmm. The RAS starts to seek what you truly desire. Mm -hmm. So because I understood that as a psychology student, mm -hmm. I then wrote down what I was looking for in a woman. Okay. All right. This is good. Now, come well, on now. Give, give right. some solutions. Write it down. I also wrote down what I was willing to do. Okay. Uh-huh. To attract 
that woman. Okay. Okay. In other words, not necessarily do, basically the actions you do influence who you become. So it was, here's what I'm looking for, but here's what I'm willing to become to attract her. That's good. That's that's a whole message, but go ahead. You gotta come on back. <laughs> so so in getting my mind right, what I didn't realize at the time for doing that was that I just threw my nervous system into a positive shift for the first time in about two years. Mm, nice. Now, granted, remember I was homeless, mm -hmm. living in a car. So everything that I had was in a storage facility. And I was living in California at the time. I went to the storage facility and I sat down on a pile of books, which mm -hmm. I probably should have been reading in the first place. <laughs> yeah. And it's in the middle of the summer and I couldn't afford to pay for an air conditioned space. So, you know, the storage space was one with no AC. So it's hot as heck in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I had no way to go and sleep. That's why they have a rules. You can't sleep in your storage units because you're probably going to die. But I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. I'm crying. Mm. I'm nervous. Mm. I'm, I'm disgusted with my life. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I'm dripping in sweat. And I don't see it, but the sweat's dripping down on the box of books. And eventually the box of books break. Mm. And the box break. And since I was always an entrepreneur, I was always reading good entrepreneurs, you know, books. Right, the right. book that fell out was the book, Think and Grow Rich. Oh, rich. Mm. What I probably should have been reading in the first place. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so when you said, okay, what, what helped me got my mind right, I started reading. Yeah. Okay. And then I read basically, you know, chapter one, desire. Mm -hmm. Desire is that thing that keeps you up late at night. Yeah. And then wakes you up early in the morning. So then my desire now was to get out of my current situation. That's good. That's good. Okay. Right? So my RAS went to work. Yeah. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it was like, oh, that friend that told me about this network marketing opportunity sounded pretty good right about that. Because uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. I was broke. Yeah. Busted and disgusted. Now here's the deal. I said, all right. I only got $500 left. Mm -hmm. The car payment was $497. This is California. Mm -hmm. It was a Jeep Commander, so you know it didn't come cheap. Right, um, right. And it's California. Mm -hmm. So I was left with an option now. Mm -hmm. Start the business or pay for the car. Okay. Well, I was already late one month on the car payment. Uh -huh, uh -huh. All right. So now watch this. This is where most people fail. And this is where most fathers fail. Okay. Because most fathers, most parents, more people in business, anything, are always looking to make the comfortable decision. Mm -hmm. So the comfortable decision would be to pay the car payment because mm -hmm. it's also the responsible thing to do. You're, I'm already a month late. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And after two months, listen, I didn't become wealthy because I was lucky. Mm -hmm. The harder I worked, the wealthier I became. Mm -hmm. But two months behind, mm -hmm. the car had low jack on it. Mm -hmm. If I didn't pay the second month, they come in and repossess the car. Right, 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 right. So I had a decision to make. Pay it and still be a month behind or join this opportunity 
and try to make the money back. Gotcha. So I said, all right, I'm going to join the opportunity. Okay. Now, my wife at the time, my girlfriend slash friend okay. at the time, she was like, what are you, crazy? So this was my philosophy about it. Uh, here's the deal. It's California. And the repo law says if they come to get it, they only have jurisdiction in California. Okay. So if I drive and broke the state line and go to Arizona, we good. <laughs> I still got another um but they find you. <laughs> I still got another 30 days. My man. <laughs> and she said, Yeah, that's good and all, but I still have a job. Right, right, right. And I still need to get to work. Right, right. So how's that gonna happen? I'm like, your friends can help you out. <laughs> See, that was my rationale. <laughs> because I know. I was ready to do something. The desire got me. Chapter one. Yeah. Gotcha. The desire got me. So I made the decision based on my future circumstance, not my current circumstances. Mm -hmm. Because my goal was, okay, now I need to start earning an extra $2,000 a month so I can pay the car and be able to pay rent on a little one-bedroom apartment so I can have time to spend with my kids. Nice. Okay. Right? Because look, that's always what's pushing me. It's always following daddy's rules. Yeah, that's good. And so I made that decision. I got started with that network marketing company. And in the first 30 days, I made $1,165. All right. Woo-wee! Yeah. I paid that car payment, brought it up. All that's I had was right. $65. That's it. You I good. My, right? Ooh, I took my girlfriend at the time, took her out to dinner. Come on. I treated us steak, dinner, salad. I had water and French fries. That, that's what I had. <laughs> she ain't giving me none of her steak. Come on, now. Y'all should share it. Well, well, no. Here's the other part. She was mad. Because uh -huh. when I got started, it was her birthday. And instead of taking her out for her birthday, you know, I took her to a meeting. <laughs> I'm saying, oh, my God. I don't consider it. We still laugh about that right now. I took her to that. She ate. She ate. She took. She bought dessert with the, with, with the, with the money. But... I was like, okay, now I'm in a positive. Mm -hmm. And I went back to grinding for another 30 days. Okay. You know, fast forward 18 months of doing that back and forth. Yeah. I made my first six figure, I got into my first six figure income. Wow. And wow. then I took, because I told the kids, you know, daddy's going to grind. Mm -hmm. That was the example I was setting for them. Yes. yes. I told them, you know, when I get to this particular position, we're going to Disney World. Okay. All we did, I, I can't tell you, I think like the the week we spent in Florida, in Orlando, mm -hmm. it was probably six grand that week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They had a life like there's no tomorrow. Nice. And they started supporting daddy. Uh -huh. And then from, even it was all downhill from there. So we set a goal every year for the summer and Christmas. Okay. So every six months, I basically rank advanced in that company to do something to have enough income to take them away for the summer or to mm -hmm. take them away for the holidays because that's when I had custody. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I shared and showed them what was required of a father mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be able to serve yeah. and make them the priority in the situation. Yeah. You know, uh, about three years later, we went back to court got equal custody things right so i came from it was you know i was like starting from the bottom now we're here at the mm -hmm. top I, I did i did it all yeah 
And I remember, I think it was the summer of 2015. Yeah, summer 2015, when we earned our first seven figures. And the, the girls was at that event, right? It's wow. my wife and I had to launch a relationship company. Right. And we were doing relationships up for couples. Now, mind you, in spite of all this stuff going on, when I decided to, to start dating again, I was going to do it right. Mm -hmm. Because the decision I made the first time was I was thinking with the wrong head. My wife was like, my wife was so fine. We're going to make pretty kids. And that didn't happen. <laughs> but I wasn't thinking with the right hand. Right, so right. I said, this time, I'm going to go to relationship retreats and read relationship books. Good. So good. 17 years ago to now, mm -hmm. my wife and I have been to a relationship retreat four times a year, every year for the last 17 years. That's Still. good. And right? this has helped you do what? I'm sure to be a better father, be a oh, better yeah. husband. Well, I, I, so, so clearly you recommend as a solution for fatherhood, oh, yeah. for husband is to go to retreats to enhance and learn more about being a, a good dad, a good husband. I'm sure that four times a year. Yeah, four times. That, that's what we did. You know, even, listen, the average person, even if they do it once mm -hmm. a year, mm -hmm. it's better than zero right. forever. Right. So the reason why I did it is, is, is I'm a all-in type of person. Yeah. And if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. And if you learn something once a quarter, you're, you're going to lose it yeah. if you don't reinforce it. Nice. Space to repetition is the mother of all learning. Mm-hmm. So if we repeat it four, you know, four times a year, you're good. But at the same time, we we also read two relationship books a month. Yeah. Still, that's good. So after you know, by the time we launched that company, we've already done twenty seven different retreats. So we knew how to do them. Mm -hmm. um, we've learned a lot, and we at that time had read over one hundred and thirty eight relationship books. So we kind of learned something. Yeah, no, that's so right. <laughs> I, I, my second book I wrote was called Passion Three Six Five. Wow. How to ignite lasting joy into your relationship. Come on. Come on. <laughs> on fire. Right? So, no, I knew some about relationships by then. <laughs> You've been working at it. Uh, wait, okay. wait, wait. Dr. O, listen. So I know, you know, we can stay, but I know I got to let you go. Uh, because, of course, you, you have to get on to the next one. So I got to watch your time. Now, one thing, like I said, when I met you, you were, you were, we were working, but you were still fathering. You were still being a husband. And I saw how you really incorporated that into your business, into your life. So one thing about now having young adult girls and of course a little toddler coming up baby mm -hmm. miracle which is a whole yeah. we, we've got to do this again because just that story you and anna and the baby <laughs> that's a whole so you know that's you got to come back story. right you got to come Absolutely. back we, we have to really talk about this but just entrepreneurship business and fathering what are some tips so what did you do because i know now you incorporate your girls into your business all three of them um give me two tips before you got to go I know, I know i got maybe like two minutes with you but let's give out two tips fathering business entrepreneurship what to be successful you know can you can you give us two things before you go absolutely okay. so family is very important to me yeah and I, i've always like my dad we, we've always wanted to do things with our family yeah. So for me, I've always worked to getting to be able to do whatever it is I'm doing with my kids. Mm -hmm. So now that 
for me financially, I'm at that place where I could actually make this decision and follow through on it. I will not do anything, partner with anyone or do business where my kids are not welcome. Mm, that's good. Okay. So if they're not, we're not doing business. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if they can't participate, I won't participate. Okay. So when I couldn't afford to, I made all the decisions to bend to the will of others. Mm -hmm. Now that I can afford to, it's either you will adjust if you want me, you take me as I am, mm, or you right. don't take me at all. Okay. The second is everything for me now in my life is about legacy. Mm -hmm. If I can't leave it, will it, or work it for my kids, I'm not doing it. Okay, say that again. If you can't will it, go ahead. It or Please. work it for my kids, I'm not doing it. Good. Because that's important to me. Yeah. That's good. That's I, you good. know, in the past, I couldn't afford to, to say or do that. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, you're going to slave in life. You might as well slave with three things. An intention. Mm -hmm. The possibility to slave for yourself. Yeah. And the possibility to never slave again. I know that's right. Because <laughs> you're going to have to. Might as well do it to yourself till you free yourself. And last, before I jump off of here, is a good quote from two of my favorite people in the world. Okay. Especially when it comes to that slavery. Bob Marley says, we have to emancipate ourselves from mental slavery. That's good. Yeah. Because that's where most of us are enslaved, in our minds. Yeah. We first have to believe it to achieve it because the actions will follow. And Harriet Tubman said, I, I freed 2,000 slaves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I want to free a whole lot more. Come on. If they knew yeah. they were slaves. Yeah. So that's just to say this we are who we believe ourselves to be. Yeah. And if we're not bigger, we just have to believe bigger. Amen. Amen. And, you know, as a father, I believe I'm the best father out there. Mm -hmm. So I perform as I'm the best father. And eventually my kids start to believe it. They drink my Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> they drink what you're serving, right? <laughs> Man, oh man, I know I gotta let you go. Oh my goodness, you know, we have got to reschedule. You're coming back, right? Um, absolutely. Come on, you're, you're coming back because we have so much to talk about. And I know time is very, very short, but I mean, you gave so many awesome nuggets. I'm going to go back over. I kid you not. I'll always come ready. Let note takers and money makers. I have two pages of notes that I'm going <laughs> to summarize. Listen, guys, thank you. We're getting the heart. So awesome to see Brittany is on here. You know, our, our amazing superstar out of Guyana. She is here. She shouted you out. <laughs> um, we have a lot of great listeners. So thank goodness for for uh, the future, you know, the, to be able to reach our youth. And Dr. Businga, he says, we are who we believe to be. And he's quoting you, Dr. Obama. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So I, I thank you. I have got to let you go because I know you are on to the next, to the next, and you work till you just, if it ain't done, 
you still working. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I appreciate you, sir, again, for your time. Um, for your just being an example, I have to say that. And like I said, true from my heart, I, I saw you doing exactly what you talked about today. You truly, truly live that. Um, and that is so important to me. And it just really resonates the love that you have for, of course, your family, but also the passion for helping people in entrepreneurship and business. So, all right, guys, he's he's gone, but thank you everyone for watching. Please make sure that you like, love, and share uh, this video. Be a blessing to someone else um, out there as we again focus on fatherhood. Make sure you tune in next week. I have an awesome ambassador, Dr. Ruben West will be with us next week. Uh, you think you know him, you have no idea. We are focusing on fatherhood. Um, a lot of these men are awesome leaders in their own right but to get them to talk about being a father, the trials, the triumphs, um, a lot of the challenges that they face, um, it, it's, it's really going to be good, good, real talk and real solutions next week. So I thank you for joining. I want you to stay tuned because we also will be... Um, we're, we're, I want you to stay tuned because in July, we are kicking off with a youth, a women and youth civility summit that you you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. So thank you so much again, Dr. Obam Bowen. I know he had to go on and get to, the, to his next appointment, but thank you all for watching. It's Dr. Anana Pfeiffer, Daryl Home, where we, we, we have real talk, real solutions, and we are here to make the world a better place each and every day by the actions that we take. So I thank you so much for watching. Have a great night.